This is the Morning Sports Desk for Thursday, May 11th. Corey, high school sports back on the airwaves tonight. We got a pretty interesting matchup here. Yeah, after getting our broadcast started with a little high school baseball, we have uh, uh, backed it up with two straight softball broadcasts, so it's time to get back to the baseball diamond little road trip in store. Yeah, we're going down to Seabert Field. I'll be down there for the call of Ottertail Central and Wadena Deer Creek. It'll be a rematch of these two teams from just a, a game played a couple weeks ago uh, where uh, Ottertail Central got the win over Wadena Deer Creek. Talked with Coach Dykoff a little bit uh, before the Bemidji game about that game. He said, uh, you know, they're a, a good team, he said, but we booted the ball around a little bit, tried to come back, but dug ourselves in a little bit of a hole. So we'll see kind of uh, kind of how this rematch has in store for both these ball clubs. And, of course, the underlying story being they get to play at the University of Minnesota campus. Yeah, it's a 2.45 pregame, 3 o'clock first pitch on 105.9 FM, the Superstation K106. Have you been to Siebert Field before? I've, I never have. I've never been in my life, so which is why I'm really excited to go down there and get to get to see it. Dan says it's a great facility, and he said that was before they did the remodel. So it'll be interesting to see how, because I think it was about 10 years ago, the Gophers put a bunch of money into redoing Seabrook Field. Yeah, that could be. I have I've walked by it. That's as close as I've I've been. Um uh you know, just on the street basically. Uh It's going to be cool. Um uh it's going to be it's going to be fun. We're excited to be able to bring this game for uh uh for fans just because it's an early afternoon game. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the, you know, getting out of work and and making that Two and a half hour plus drive into the into the Twin Cities. Into well, I mean, into downtown Minneapolis, into Dinky Town, into Dinky Town is not exactly in the card. So we're excited to have this one on the air, and uh, and like you mentioned, I, th- I think it should be a fun one, a big PRC battle on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, and you know, no matter what the score of the game is, and we've talked about this before, when uh, Berth Hewitt Verndale and Wadena Deer Creek went down uh, to Southern Minnesota to play a game almost a month ago now. Uh, was, you know, sometimes you just remember like getting to go to that different spot and it kind of adds a little bit because you're not on your normal field. Everybody's a little bit in a new environment. And then you add that with being on a Division One college baseball stadium. That's pretty cool. I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Uh, when I was a freshman in high school, we had the opportunity to go play down at the Metrodome in Minneapolis the last year before they blew it up. And we got to go down there and play a game. And it was a really fun opportunity. Uh, I didn't really get to do much. It was a varsity game. And then whatever time, because you rented it out for a specific set of hours, uh, they got a varsity game in. And whatever time they had left, they were going to devote to getting as many JV kids on the field as possible. And uh, I I got one at-bat, Corey. I struck out. But I struck out in the same batter's box as Joe Maurer and Justin Morneau, and that's what I remember. Feels so, good, doesn't it? It feels really good. It feels really, really cool. And hopefully those kids today get that same kind of experience of, like, no matter what happens, like, I get to play in a Division One college baseball field. That's pretty cool. Were you in the first base dugout or the third base dugout? We were in the third base dugout. So, so. no warming up off the taking, uh, having your buddies throw pop-ups off the baggie or anything like nope. that no jumping or diving into the baggie during pregame warm-ups no nothing like that nothing like that but it was still still super awesome you kind of take it all in when you get to walk through because we got to take batting practice in the the tunnel 
uh, and the tunnels are where the batting cages were at the Metrodome. And so we got to take batting practice there. And then you walk in like it's uh, like, you know, the video in 87 when the twins came back to the Metrodome and they kind of walk in through the through the tunnel where the buses come in. That's where we came in at. And you could just all of a sudden the, the Metrodome just opens up to you. It was so, so fun. So hopefully, uh, hopefully those kids today get a similar experience. So um, I actually got to play on the uh, in the Metrodome also, and um, I uh, when I was there, I'm like ten years older than you, and I was a sophomore in high school. Same sort of setup, varsity game, and then they would just try to get in JV games. We played Sleepy Eye, and. Um, we did get to go in the. We were in the first base dugout, so we that was one of my memories of it was was jumping out like, hey, just throw one up here. Who cares if I can catch it? I'm just gonna jump as high and as hard as I can into this baggie because it looks really fun. Um, when I was there, it was still even the old astroturf. It wasn't the rubber pellet. Yep, turf that was there, the old carpet and. What I remember very distinctly about that, too, was same things. You walk in and you're like, whoa, this is so sweet that, you know, I'm getting to run around and play where the major league players are. And then after like five minutes, you're like, wow, this no wonder people complain about this. This is (laughs) this is uncomfortable. You know, you like I remember players sliding outfielders diving and their jersey was ripped when they would stand up. Right. You'd bend down and touch the. The Astro, it was brutal, man. I, I remember the practice before we went down, we went to the parking lot of the school, and not just because the snow was covering everything so we couldn't actually go to our field, but we were in the parking lot, and they spent the whole time just bouncing us ball, bouncing ground balls off the parking lot, and I'm like, why are they doing that? And then we get to the field, and I, I feel the hopper, and it's just like goes eight feet in the air. Yeah. And I'm like, no wonder slap hitting was a big deal back then, because you pound one into the dirt, it'll fly into the outfield. Fly. It, I know. It's a weird feeling. It's not grass. And it's like, it's the Tory Hunter would tell stories of he didn't want to dive because he'd rip up his arms. Yes. And completely understand. Did you wear cleats or tennis shoes? Uh, cleats, I think. Yeah, I because you were with the, you were in the new turf, right? Yeah, yeah. By then. We wore tennis shoes, I remember. That's what we wore. Interesting. Um, uh, because it was it was the astroturf on top of concrete. Uh huh. Like there was no, it, wearing cleats was no, it wasn't going to do you anything. Yeah. Um. And it was just it just felt more comfortable and and whatever to wear to wear tennis shoes. But I'm one for one, one for one in the Metrodome, single up the middle. I still remember it. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. But I but I'm with you. It's really fun to be able to go do stuff like this because. I'm 37. I still remember. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, speaking of those twins, they finally got some good memories last night. Two balls, no strikes to Kirloff. Ground ball right side, base hit, down the right field line. Kepler being waved around, and they're going to walk off the Padres. Kirloff's first career walk-off hit. He is being mobbed. Behind the mound. This Alex Kirilov guy can hit, huh? Four to three in 11 innings. It seems like we've had an Alex Kirilov highlight every game since he's been called up. And it hasn't been, has he crushed a double? Has he crushed a home run into the third deck? No, but he's drawn a lot of walks, getting singles, and just kind of 
being basically the only twin that's uh, really making a hard commitment to actually try and get on base consistently. So uh, it's been he's been a nice little change of pace in the lineup. Twins get a big win. Donnie Barrels comes off the bench with an RBI single off Josh Hader. Uh, a big night for Kepler. He got a home run. Correa got an RBI double. Uh, and more importantly, got another good start from Pablo Lopez. Uh, two innings out of Duran. Griffin Jacks came in and got a tough inning, having to go through the heart of the Padre lineup with Tatis and Soto and Bogarts and was able to get out of the jam. So uh, nice little win against a tough, tough Padres team. They're not as good as they're not as good as their record says they are. They're way better than that. And the Twins have a chance to win the game in the rubber match this afternoon. Eleven uh, thirty pregame, twelve ten first pitch on KWAD. Uh, some other Twins news was, of course, infielder Kyle Farmer gets uh, recalled. I guess, or uh, he's off the injury list. Remember, he um, um, took a fastball to the face. Yeah, that's the right way to put it. He uh, he caught a baseball with his teeth, literally. Um, he's back. He's back, and uh, which is exciting news. The bummer about it is Miranda gets sent down to AAA St. Paul, but like we talked about yesterday, CJ, maybe a little refresh for Miranda is the right thing, huh? Yeah, maybe a couple step, maybe just a step back, go down to the minor leagues. He hadn't been hitting the ball at all. Just go down there, mash against pitching that you know you can hit against and get your confidence back up. And it worked for Miranda last time. Remember, he was sent down for like a day the year before, turned right around, got called back up because of Royce Lewis going down, and then proceeded to have a nice next three months. So, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with Miranda. It does open the door, however, to kind of who's going to play third base for the Twins. Now, Kyle Farmer's back, and it's incredible, by the way. Most people, probably myself included, after taking a fastball to the face and breaking, like, needing emergency dental surgery to basically realign your entire bottom row of teeth and then getting a wire placed in your jaw, playing baseball in the minor leagues, and then just a couple days ago getting that wire taken out before coming back up to the big leagues, I would have retired on the spot. So congratulations to him for getting back in as quick of an amount of time. It as does he, sound terrifying. It does sound horrible. I can't Im- and he, I can't imagine getting in the batter's box and facing Josh Hader or something like that who throws 100 miles an hour. Well, and yeah, this it's important to know that... Um, Getting hit by a baseball anywhere hurts, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter how hard the baseball is being thrown. Exactly. It's, it's just hard. It's going to bite for a, <laughs> for a little bit. Poor so, choice of words, maybe. So power rating right the kisses is, uh, is what not happened. exactly the way you want to do it. So it opens up a revolving door, Corey, of third baseman, and yeah. Kyle Farmer's probably going to be the guy getting the bulk of it. Now, I said yesterday, call up Brooks Lee. It doesn't look like the Twins are going to do that, and that's fine, but... Now it sets up, Kyle Farmer's probably going to be the everyday third baseman for the next month. Maybe Willie Castro gets in a few games here and there as a switch hitter. But Kyle Farmer, probably the starting third baseman until, Corey, maybe the next month when Royce Lewis could potentially return, to which case maybe the door opens up for Royce Lewis, Twins' former top prospect, to kind of take the third base uh, starting position over. So there's a lot of different ways we can we can go with this conversation. I, and I do want to focus on the Royce Lewis part of part of this conversation. But very quickly, one of the reasons why uh, this revolving door and this depth that you've talked about since the very beginning with this twins is going to be so important is because 
you know, Miranda struggled, so he gets sent down. And you're not going to send down Carlos Correa, of course, but it's not like he's tearing the cover off the baseball right now. Getting Farmer back is going to allow Correa to take a game, to take it, to take two. Like, like next week is uh, on the 18th. They have Thursday off. Like maybe you give him the seven the seventeenth off, right? The third of a three game series with the Dodgers. And now he's got a little two game breather and and you're just allowing guys to uh, get get themselves back into like playing shape again. And especially a guy like Correa, he's had because Farmer went out, Correa's playing. Yeah. Carlos Correa has not had an off day, I don't think, since uh, since Farmer got hurt. Right, at least, like a like a game off. So it's important to give him a breather, especially because he's wearing the back brace between innings. Not that he's playing hurt, but he just doesn't look like he's fully. You know what I mean? Like, but he probably is. Probably is a little hurt, and so like that that matters when you talk about his dip in production. But at the same time, he is out there playing, uh, so, uh, giving him just a couple breathers to manage that a little bit and mitigate. Kind of that helps a mile. So we talked about Royce Lewis. First of all, I'm surprised you you mentioned that maybe in like the next month we could we could see him. Not within the next month, but like as soon as maybe a month out, probably mid June, which is in kind of insane considering it's an ACL injury that he's trying to recover from. Um, I'm gonna set the I'll set the over under for you at June fifteenth. Now. June 20th. Okay. Do we see Royce Lewis before June 20th? And when he is back, like, what is his impact actually going to be on this lineup? Is he a third baseman? Is he a second baseman? Is he a DH? Is he an outfielder? Like, what's his, what's his, um, What's his outlook going forward with the Major League Club? So I think really with Royce Lewis is that he's going to – I'm going to go – I'm going to go before. I was telling you yesterday, I think later, late June, but yeah. I think based on just kind of the general buzz, depending on how he does in AAA, if he stays healthy, if he does uh, hits well, does all that kind of stuff, uh, I think Royce Lewis is up there before June 20th. Now, him, Farmer, and Correa are all righties, so it doesn't necessarily make like a platoon necessarily kind of easy, but Correa playing shortstop, Farmer playing third base, or Lewis could play shortstop and Farmer could play third base, or vice versa. Either way, you can kind of rotate guys through. So you're not platooning necessarily based on a righty-lefty matchup, but you can platoon based on, all right, let's give Correa a day off here. Let's give Farmer a couple days off. Royce Lewis, let's make sure he's, you know, he's went over. Let's give him a day off to reset. Uh, I think Royce Lewis will kind of hit towards the bottom of the order like he did last season when he came up with the Twins. But if he's shown any of the promise that he showed last season in a 12-game stretch, it'll be a big boost to the Twins. And not only that, he could take the third. I know Miranda's going down, and I think Miranda will come back up and be a good hitter for the Twins. So it's not even ruling out that Jose Miranda doesn't come back up at all. But a big, necessary piece of the Twins is Miranda. But also, Royce Lewis could take that starting third base job over. That is also in play throughout the season. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Thursday, May 11th.